Hello, welcome to Preaching Christ Church. My name is Chad Roberts. I'm very glad that you're joining me for this special teaching entitled, The Joy of Giving. The Joy of Giving. I want to talk to you for a few moments about what the Bible teaches about God's people and our responsibility, our opportunity to give to God's kingdom. Now, I realize that when pastors begin to talk about money, there's some people who roll their eyes and think, oh gosh, you know, here's a preacher just trying to get money. Well, I want to tell you off the bat, that's not the case. I actually don't want your money. I want you to learn what God has to say about giving. That's whether you choose to give it to whoever, whatever church, whatever ministry, whatever missions that God lays upon your heart. But here is what I want to show you today. God has a very specific path of giving that he wants his people to take. And it is thrilling. It is exhilarating. When you really understand what God says about giving, you will begin to see it has nothing to do with the preacher. It has nothing to do with one certain organization. What it has to do is your response, your involvement in God's kingdom and what God's doing on the earth today. And what you will discover is what I have discovered and what many, many other God's people have discovered. There is an amazing joy in being involved in God's interest and what God cares about. And what I have found in my own life, as Sadie and I have uh, been on this road of, of just joy is the greatest word for it, the joy of giving what you will find is that when you are about God's interest, you'll see that God is about your interest. And when you take care of God's interest, I'm telling you, my friends, God takes care of your interest. So I'm not after your money. I don't want your money. I want you to have more money so that you can be generous and so that you can bless people. I'm going to show you today what the Bible says about giving. One of the key uh, scriptures in our text, which is going to be 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, verse, I believe it's verse 11, says that you will be enriched in every way. Why? So that we can spend more and consume more on ourselves? Absolutely not. The Bible says you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous in every way. So one of the principles throughout this teaching is going to be when God does bless our lives financially, materially, when God does bless us, it's not to raise our standard of living. No, as Randy Alcorn wonderfully says, it is to raise our standard of giving. And I want you to discover the joy of giving. For many years, Sadie and I, my wife, we were strapped. I mean, we literally lived paycheck to paycheck. Sometimes, just to be totally transparent with you, it wasn't even paycheck to paycheck. And we never had enough. As our family grew, uh, we just didn't have enough. But let me tell you why we didn't have enough. It's because I wasn't doing things the right way, God's way. 
I thought I fed into this lie that because I used my talents for God's kingdom, because I used all of my skills for God's kingdom, because my whole life's work was wrapped up into God's kingdom, that somehow um, you know, I could bypass giving. I didn't do it because I wanted to, and that's really, I think, who my audience is today. I'm not talking to people who fold their arms and go, oh, that preacher just wants money. I'm not talking to people like that. I'm talking about people who were just like me and Sadie, that you want to give to God's kingdom. Nothing would thrill you more than to be a tither, than to be someone who championed giving, someone who, uh, you know, you, you had that faith and you knew you were honoring God and you were pleasing God with your finances. But like me and Sadie, you were in a place where you just didn't feel like you could. You looked at your bills, you looked at all of your responsibilities, and then you looked at your income and they didn't match up. And there wasn't any left. And because there's not any left, you go, well, you know, I just can't. It's not that I don't want to. It's that I can't. Well, today I want to talk to you about why you can. I want to talk to you about why Sadie and I can. And when we made the change, when we said, no more excuses, we're going to give God not what's left, We're going to give God what is first. We're going to give God what is rightfully His. And no longer are we going to try to give God what's left. Let me tell you, it has been the greatest turnaround in our finances. And I can't really explain it. It's not like supernatural, really crazy, weird things happen. It's not like we go to our mailbox and there is this big check. or No, nothing weird or crazy like that. It's that... When you do things God's way, God outstretches his hand and he has your fa- his favor on your life. And that's what we found. And now all of a sudden, where there was not enough, now there's more than enough. Where there was lack, there's now sufficiency. And I want to show you in the Bible today. Not like weird preacher slogans. You know, you've heard preachers use really weird slogans and, you know, they're just trying to squeeze another dime out of people. It's not like that. I'm not going to tell you my, the, the dress for my church. I'm not going to tell you how you can give to my church. No, that's not the purpose. I want you to discover, as God's people, I want you to discover what I have discovered. How no matter what your income is, no matter what your responsibilities are, no matter how big your family is, or no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter who you are or where you're at in your faith journey, you can honor God with what belongs to Him. And as you get involved in God's interest, God's going to take care of your interest. So I have three simple points today. I want to talk to you about how, number one, giving is a principle, and it works for anyone. doesn't matter if you've only been a Christian for a matter of months or a matter of decades. It doesn't matter if you're highly educated or poorly educated. It doesn't matter if you're someone of great affluence or if you're someone who you live paycheck to paycheck. None of those conditions matter. What it's a principle that applies to anyone. 
And then I want to show you the promise that God truly gives. There's a promise that backs up God's principle. And then I want to show you, lastly, how the provision will never run out for you. This is God's word. These are not my words. This is God's word. And this is what God promises to each of his children. You know, right now, everyone is watching the economy. Um, It's almost as though we have put our economy into an induced medical coma. And it's just now starting to wake up. And everybody's paying attention. Everyone is wondering, what will the U.S. economy do? And some of you have been very hurt by the economy. Your hours have been cut. You've been furloughed. Your job has shut down. So many have been negatively affected by this economy. Well, I want to show you today, I want to help you understand God's economy. And that's what I'm going to call today, understanding God's economy. And when you and I can understand how God's economy works, then you and I can be well taken care of in any U.S. economy, whether it's a down economy, a recession economy, a depressed economy, whether it's a booming economy, none of those factors matter for us because we live and we operate and we do our giving and we live our lifestyle based on God's economy. And I'm telling you, it will weather every single storm of the U.S. economy. So let's jump right into it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 6. Paul's going to talk about money. And Paul says, so the point is this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And it says, let each person decide in his heart what he's going to give, because uh, not under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. So point number one, I want you to know this. Giving is a principle. It is the principle of sowing and reaping. And you know what the amazing thing is about sowing whenever you sow seeds? The amazing thing is that, well, you're going to reap exactly what you sow. You You don't sow potatoes and somehow get cucumbers or tomatoes. No, you're going to reap exactly what you sow, potatoes. The amazing thing is that you're going to reap more than what you sow. That's the power of seed. And when God talks about giving, he's going to compare it in our lives to seed. And not only you want to reap exactly what you sow, you sow blessing, you sow into God's kingdom, you sow into God's interest. Not only are you going to reap exactly, but you're going to reap more. And you know what? You always reap later than what you sowed. But the point is, is that giving is equivalent to sowing. Isn't that remarkable? And here is the thing about sowing, and this is the heart of what I'm wanting to get to really get to. When you're, picture yourself a farmer, (laughs) picture yourself in the Great Depression of the 1930s in the Midwest amidst the Dust Bowl. And picture that you've got a certain amount of seed and That's all the seed you have left. Perhaps you have an entire month's income of seed. And once you sow that seed into the ground, I mean, it's all your resources. It's all you have. Do you know how fearful farmers became in the Great Depression of the 1930s? Because rain didn't come. 
great winds came. Google how much topsoil was lost in the Midwest in the 1930s during the Dust Bowl. And what a scary thing it was to take your precious seed and to put it into the ground. Well, there are many what-ifs in our life. We have fear just like those farmers did. What if there's not enough for me? What if I lose my job? What if the economy tanks? What if I get sick? There's all kinds of what-ifs in our life. And let me tell you, Christian, if you're a Christ follower, let me tell you the greatest enemy to the joy of giving is fear. I'm sure you feel it at times. For many years, that's what held me back. I thought that I couldn't give to God, not because there wasn't a great desire to. (laughs) Was there ever a desire to be a giver? Was there ever a desire to be a tither? And see, because I lead a church, I thought, well, our church is very generous. And let me tell you, our church has always been very generous from the very beginning. But see, that didn't matter for me, for my personal finances. God wanted me to trust Him and do what was right for me in my own heart. And for years, I feel like I've missed great blessings of God because I was afraid. What if, what if there's not enough? What if I can't pay this and pay that? And, you know, there were just all kinds of what ifs. Well, finally, Sadie and I reached a point where we turned that what if. We began to ask a more important what if. What if we really are robbing God? What if we really are dishonoring God? What if we're displeasing the Lord? What if we're making that kind of mistake? And you know, that what if began to trump the what if of what if I just run out? What if there's not enough? What if all of these things? The only way to really remedy that fear of giving is to step out in faith and take God at his word. If you're someone that you would love to give, you would love to engage in systematic, very real tithing. But you say, Chad, I look at my responsibilities and I look at everything around me and I just don't think I can. No, let me give you a great promise. Look in our text, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now watch what God said. This is amazing. It's a scary thing to take precious seed when you only have so much. <laughs> When there's only so much seed in the barn and, 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 and if you sow that very precious seed and, and if you run out, what a scary thing. But you're not going to, my friend. I'm not going to. Because look what 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 says. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. I love it. See, Paul goes from talking about something material like money into talking about something that money could never buy. And God says, I can make all grace abound toward you. Do you oh, do you see the difference, my friend? 
We get so wrapped up in currency. We get so wrapped up in income, so wrapped up in subtraction and addition, and we get wrapped up in just the physical thing that we can see or touch or, or feel. No, and, and here's what God says. I am able to give you what money cannot buy. And then he goes right back to the natural. Look what he says. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, that you may abound in every good work. Friends, there's not just the principle that sowing and reaping works for everyone, no matter where you are in life, what stage of life, what stage of spiritual growth. Not only is it a principle that works for everyone, but it is a promise that is backed up and guaranteed by God himself. And he says, you'll have all sufficiency. You'll have everything you need, my friend. We will lack nothing when I'm telling you, when you're invested in God's interest, God is invested in your interest, and you will lack nothing. Having all sufficiency in all things. Hallelujah. Spiritual, physical, emotional, relational, every area of life, all sufficiency in all things and at all times. Are you reading it in your Bible? At all times. When the economy is booming and when the economy is shut down. When you have more than enough hours and when your hours are slashed. When you have plenty in savings. And when your paycheck doesn't measure up, let me tell you, my friend, the promise of God is all things, everything you will need at all times. Do you believe that promise? See, the fear, if you're you're like where I was, the fear is what if there's not enough? The fear is is what if I lose? But see, the promise is you can't lose in God's economy. You know, right now, um, Sadie and and I uh, have really been being dealt with by the Lord to up our giving, and we've we've been doing that very actively. But we had a little bit that we wanted to put into the stock market. I'll just be very frank with you. Where I'm blind... I'm able to check stock prices with my AI devices. And so I can say, okay, Google, what's the price of whatever company that we've bought shares into? And we haven't put an enormous amount of money. Our greatest investments are in the kingdom of God, just to be quite honest. But I've put a little bit into the stock market, enough to play, enough to to learn and to, you know, make some moves and, and, and just something where I'm blind, it gives me something fun to track and to check, just to be quite honest about it. But you know what I've noticed putting money into the stock market? I've noticed a couple of things. I've noticed it's hard to separate emotions. When, when my stocks are up, it's hard not to feel greedy. And when they're down, it's hard not to feel fearful. You wonder what's the ceiling and what's the floor. And it's hard not to feel emotions. Well, here's what I've really noticed about the market. We will research companies. Now, think about this. There will be a company that 
I've never heard of, I don't know anything about, and quite frankly would have no interest in, or at least very little interest in. But once I purchase some of their shares, all of a sudden I'm very interested. All of a sudden I'm looking for articles on them. All of a sudden I'm watching their balance sheet. All of a sudden, I care who the CEO is and what kind of moves they're making and what expansions they're making, how responsible they are, how much debt they carry. All of a sudden, I'm very interested in this company. Let me tell you, my friends, you want to get a greater heart for the poor? You want a greater heart for missions? You want a greater heart for God's kingdom you want a greater heart for the gospel spreading you want a greater heart for things of eternal value invest in it put your money there that's why jesus said your heart will follow your treasure not your treasures follow your heart your heart follows your treasure where you put your money that's where your interest is that's where your heart is And let me tell you, our stocks, they'll fluctuate. They'll come and go. I've read that if we're very, very lucky, we may yield 15, 20% interest if we're lucky. But let me tell you, my real investments, my heaviest investments are in the kingdom of God. Why? Because it is 100% guaranteed it will not fail and that's why when I receive my paycheck Sadie and I we have a special account now a separated account that we put money in that is our giving not our tithing in part two of this series I'm going to talk about the difference between tithing and grace giving There's tithing that I think is very biblical, and I'll explain that in part two. And and we tithe, but I mean above tithe, our investing, our kingdom investing. And friends, do you know what I call that bank account? (laughs) I'm just being transparent with you. Do you know what I call that bank account? I call it our bucket of seed. Hallelujah. And there is no greater joy than reaching into that bucket of seed and saying, Lord, I have this much seed. Where do I sow it? Do I feed the poor? Do I put it into Bible printing and distribution? Do I support a missionary this month? Do we help someone with food and groceries or medical? God, where do you want this seed? It's our bucket. And let me show you my last point. There's the principle. The principle is solid. It works for anyone. Anyone that engages in it, it works. And if you have a fear about it, well, there's the promise. God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you will abound not in luxury, not in your own wants, in every good work. See, my friend, again... Is God raising your standard of living or is God raising your standard of giving? I want to encourage you, choose giving. Why? Here's my last point. The ongoing provisions. Look at verse 10. Oh, how beautiful this is. 
He'll supply seed for the sower. See, I don't have the ability to fill that bucket on my own. I'm trusting God to fill that bucket. And as I sow out of that bucket, there's going to be a harvest that comes. But I need more seed for that bucket. Look what Jesus says. This is so beautiful. Paul writes in verse 10 under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Look what he says. He'll supply seed for sowing. Okay. That's my giving. Bread for eating. That's God's provision for me. But then what? Notice what it says. And he will supply (laughs) and multiply your seed for sowing. Do you see the cycle, my friends? God's word is not going to fail in your life. And if you are someone that just like me, you were afraid, let these scriptures set you free. Don't be afraid to tithe. Don't be afraid to give. Because the same God that gave you the seed to even begin with is the same God that's going to feed your family, is the same God that provides bread, that provides income for you. And then as you eat that, he's going to supply and multiply your seed for sowing. It's never going to run out. Do you see how that eliminates my personal fear of engaging in God's kingdom? That eliminates any fear that I have. What if it doesn't work? What if if something goes wrong? What if I lose my job? What if I lose my income? What if my savings goes too far? What if, what if, what if, what if? Here's the greatest what if. What if you don't sow? And God doesn't have... The kind of favor on your life that he wants to. This biblical kind. So I want to encourage you. Understand how God's economy works. Right now everyone's watching the U.S. economy. And it is so complex. But let me tell you. God's economy is rather simple. Sow sparingly. Reap sparingly. Sow bountifully. Reap bountifully. I heard someone say, you know, the, the age-old Christian uh, question for Christians is, do we tithe out of our net worth, or out of our net income, or our gross income? I heard the most wonderful answer that said, well, it depends. What kind of harvest do you want? A net harvest or gross harvest? <laughs> I think that's a great question. No, listen, God loves a cheerful giver, a generous giver, a joyful giver. And what brings the joy of giving in my life is that I'm involved in God's interest. I'm involved in God's church. I'm involved in God's work. And let me tell you, that means God is directly involved in my finances and in my life and my needs, my responsibilities. An old farmer one time was greatly blessed of God and everything he touched was blessed. And one day his neighbor asked him, they were standing at the fence post, and his neighbor said, I don't understand why everything you have is blessed. And the old farmer said, well, I've learned a lesson. The farmer said, every time I shovel into God, God shovels back into me. And the old man said, and God has a much bigger shovel than I do. Hallelujah. Friends, he will not only supply your seed, 
He will multiply your seed for sowing. And the last part of this verse is my favorite. It says, and he will increase what? Your lifestyle? No. He will increase your luxuries? No. He'll increase your bank account? No, not even that. He'll increase something that money could never touch. He'll increase the harvest of your righteousness. Oh, that means so much to me. See, right now, my children are ages nine, seven, three, and one and a half. Nothing matters to me in this entire world than for them to be Christ followers and love Jesus with all their hearts. Nothing means more to me than to have a godly family, than to have a family that's abounding in the good works of the Lord. Nothing matters more to me than the spiritual health of my family as well as my church family. And you know what God says? Chad, you sow into my kingdom. Chad, you invest in my interest. You be about... Here's what God says. I'll increase the harvest of your righteousness. I believe that. I believe that means God will bless the things that I could never buy. God will put peace in my home. God will give me greater patience. God will give me greater joy of the Holy Spirit. God will give my family greater contentment with what we have. God will give us greater godliness. I believe that when it says he will increase the harvest of my righteousness, I believe that means that God will look at the things that I could never buy with money and God will bless me and my family with such things. So where are you in your finances? Are you someone where it's never enough? Well, read Haggai chapter 1. For those of us that it was never enough, the Bible says we can put money in bags with holes in it if we're not giving to the Lord. Perhaps you need to take a great step of faith and begin to trust God and not give God what's left, give God what's rightfully His. In part two, we'll talk about that. Are you someone that you do have enough, but you've not been interested in God's kingdom? Not like you should. Your heart isn't invested in God's, God's kingdom. Perhaps you're someone that uh, there's a ceiling on your giving and you've been at that ceiling for a while. Perhaps you need to increase your sowing so that God may increase the harvest of your righteousness. Wherever you are, I bet you're a lot like me and Sadie. There's a lot of room to grow. God's working very strongly in our life about our level of giving. And I think the reason why is because he wants to do for us what money will never do for us. And I bet it's the same in your life. God wants to do for you and your family what money will never do for you and your family. So understand God's economy. And as you understand God's economy, I want to invite you to listen or watch part two of this teaching. We're going to talk about how do you really get involved in God's economy. What is the difference between tithing and grace giving? And that's going to be part two. Can I pray for you right now? Lord, I pray for every person watching this teaching. 
Lord, we can all grow in our giving. And it's, it's that you want our righteousness to grow. It's that you want your grace in our life to grow. It's that you want our joy to grow. So, Father, I pray that for those who are watching or listening, that, Father, what you want to do in our lives, we'll put out the welcome mat and we'll say, God, you do in us what's good and necessary. Lord, teach me to be more of a giver so that these wonderful things like grace abounding toward me, so that these wonderful things like the righteousness, a harvest of righteousness may grow in my life and so that fear will be removed. Thank you for your people. Thank you for their generosity. Thank you for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.